the legendary Higa Machado. <laughs> what a pleasure. Man. It's a history here. Oh my God. Last time we hung out, they were filming the, the Fast and the Furious was the seven. When I Paul think it was uh, Fast and Furious seven. It was funny because um, I think uh, Valentino, Valentino is right, a student, right, right, right? Right, right. His kids training for you. Right. And Valentino was calm. He, he, um, they have a little problem to put together a fight between Jay Staten and um, Van Diesel. Mm -hmm. And they, I remember uh, Jeff Amada called me to He said, he can come down. Van Diesel like you. He wants to brainstorm to figure out this problem. It was a little problem because uh, Jay Staten, he like he, he don't like to lose the fight. They have to figure out to do a fight, look 50-50. Right. That was the only thing you have to fix. And the fight, every fight we did, uh, it's funny because when they, they did the editing, they cut the whole fight scene. <laughs> I remember the, the stunt doubles were practicing for yeah, like two yeah. weeks, right? Sorry about that. No problem. They were practicing for like two weeks. Yes. And they kept changing, kept changing. and. Yeah, I, it's, uh, this industry is very interesting because uh, when you put two big stars together, right. you're always going to have some friction, some problem, but uh, end up come out of amazing. Yeah. To have a chance to meet Jay-Z Staten yeah, was super cool. He's an amazing guy. He trained Jiu-Jitsu. He trained a few. Uh, Jason Statham? Yeah. No, no. I, I think, he I think he's in England. Right? England, right? New York, yeah. maybe. He's a cool dude. Yeah, amazing. Man, so going back, like, my first memory of you was, like, the 1996, like, the Pans, like, the Pan-Americans. And, like, uh, you were, like, the Bouchesha, like, the Bouchesha now. Like, I mean, man, like, the the guy, you know. Uh, you got double gold, I remember that day. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, I think it was the weight in the open class. Yeah, it was the Pan-Americans. Pan well, the problem I have, I want to go to Brazil, was talk to Carlos Grace Jr., and Carlos Gracie uh, asked me to come to fight the World Championship in Brazil. Mm. But at the time, I couldn't because I have the paperwork uh, going through immigration. I couldn't leave the U.S. Mm. For, because I'm going to the green car on work permission to try to get the green car. And Carlos called me, let's do like this. I bring the, the two best fighters to fight you. I think at the time it was uh, Jamelão was doing really good, uh, Roleta. Mm. And when he told me that was, I have two weeks to train. Like I was okay in shape, but not top shape. Yeah. He, uh, I fought more strategic because I didn't know I'm going to have, how many fights I'm going to have. Right. And, and um, basically I scored the points around the beginning. Because the because I knew who later have a good guard, and after this Jamelão, I, I feel I knew I was bigger. I keep putting the pressure. He's gonna soft. He's gonna be be able to beat you. Uh, Jamelão was not was smaller right, than right, me. Right, right, right. You know what I mean. Um, but very strategic fighters at the time. Mm. If, it's kind of nice, man. But um, when I came to United States, I start slow down competition. I used to do used to be very aggressive and active before I came. When I came here, little by little, we didn't have the same practice like mm. you used to have in Brazil. Uh, but uh, over here was good start. I have little by little my brother start come. Um, instead of training 90%, I start mm. teach 70%, train 30%. I start trying keep competing in wrestling, whatever I couldn't find, mm -hmm. judo, sambo, to to keep that spirit alive. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, it was good for Jean-Jacques phase because Jean-Jacques had opportunity to start fighting in Abu Dhabi. That was good for Jean-Jacques to get good exposure. Because I remember when Jean-Jacques came to United States, before he came, he just got his black belt. And... Um, was very good phase for Jean-Jacques in America. I think me, my Carlos, because we're the oldest one, mm. we kind of start to slow down in competition mode. You know what I mean? Um, my other brother, Roger, he's 
compete less in Brazil. He compete a little bit, but not, more like a teacher. My younger brother competed a lot in Brazil, but have kids very early age. Mm-hmm. He slowed down in competition. Was a was a good time, USA. Tell me about the old Brazil stories. I always love to hear the origins. You know, like uh, how was it? Because you guys came from like, like uh, Carlos was them in Rio de Janeiro, like growing up doing jiu-jitsu. Yes, yes, I tell I tell the story. I, I was very start with me. I always end up starting for me for some reason. Um, growing up, I have a problem. Two problems. One health was asthma, mm-hmm. very big problem of asthma. The second problem, I have a big problem with dyslexia. Interesting. I have a real big problem. I couldn't speak right. And for my, me and my brothers, uh, I have a big problem uh, to learn in school. Mm. And for a lot of people who don't know, Carlos Grace was a doctor. And he married the sister of my mother. Mm. Carlos Grace came to my mother and said, let me take care of this kid. I'm going to help his health. He uh, basically he put, I moved from a small city to a big city to live with he, Carlos Grace. And uh, my cousins. Uh, he, um, from there, I started training Jiu Jitsu with Carson and Halls. Carson and Halls have a school together, like a brothers, you know, mm-hmm. uh, in Copacabana. And uh, I doing swimming twice a day, doing the Grace diet. And went going to a specific school for dyslexia to figure out how, uh, what's the problem, why. Uh, and um, by training like this, very consistent, um, I, I come to a point, Carson Hall said, this kid is doing okay. You have to pick one. You can't train him with Carson and me. You have to choose. Because I was closer to the kids of Carlos. Uh, Carlos Grace Jr., uh, Crawling Grace, uh, I end up training with Ross, Ross Grace. And Ross's assistant was Jacaré, uh, Carlos Grace Jr., uh, Maurice Gomes, mm. uh, Marcio Stambovski, who was. And base, this was the top guys from Ross at the time. He started training for them. He. Um, Basically, when the horse died, everybody left. I was the only guy stay with Carlos Grace Jr. Basically, like 90% left. Everybody mm-hmm. w- went to training for Hicks because at the time Hicks was the champ. And for me, it was perfect because Carlos Grace dedicated 100% to try get me the best I could mm-hmm. to, to represent uh, at the time Bar Grace. Uh, no, uh, Carlos Grace Jr. In basically, I start winning. Uh, I start beating all Carson Grace students. I start beating all Hickson students. But I start beating, no stop. Boom, boom. That's the true major challenge. Yeah, um, like with the Carlson Gracie, against the Carlson Gracie I students. Carson Gracie was the major yeah. rival. Yeah. Which I think Carson Gracie have, uh, like, he, uh, the best talent. The strongest, I think Hollies have more the technician type of guys. Guys very technical, very, uh, but I think Carson Grace have the toughest guys. I don't believe Carson Grace have students better in techniques than Carlos, uh, Carlos, no, in Carlos and Halls. But I think Carson, the way he coached the guys in competition was very aggressive. Not cast students, don't come 100% after you. That was a good for competition. Castle was a very good coach for competition. Mm-hmm. I think he, he was a good challenge for Hall's Grace team at the time. Yeah, but when Hall's died, I come the number one guy from Carlos Grace Jr. to fight against Castle students and Hickson Grace students, the other schools, but that was the two major schools. And I beat everybody. I beat all the whole Carson Grace top students. I beat all Hickson students. End up fighting with Hickson. Have one guy who was very tough. Who was his right hand guy. One of his top student, Marcelo Betting. Mm. I beat Marcelo Betting in competition three times. Carson, all his top guys, 
at the time competition who I fought I beat um, was basically like a dominate the competition for nine years mm. no loss almost I did almost 365 fights no loss this you one day I have 19 fights the day I have 19 fights was when there was purple belt I was younger I able to fight in junior division and adult division but I fought in the weight in the open class mm. in both I remember the time Hell uh, said yeah, you can fight both no problem and uh, he said Grace, you can't fight he said it's okay that's okay yeah but end up fighting a lot. I didn't know I have too many fights like that, but end up submitting all the 19 fights and people start paying attention, like who the fuck is this kid who doing that well? And this new sponsors uh, company, mm. uh, the owner was a guy named Mauro Talbin who died later, but he was the first guy who got the interest to, to sponsors jiu-jitsu competitions he created this copper company who was the first big event who he put in this lot of money posters market and got a big exposure national tv and was was a big event and the event was packed everybody watching it was the gymnasium didn't have one seat left and I remember when they finished that. That, that was before the Worlds, huh? The first World Championship? Yes. Some years before. Yes. Yeah. Uh, this was the, the event ended up fighting Hickson because uh, the problem, uh, Hickson supposed to fight a guy named Ricardo, uh, which nickname American at the time was a uh, phenomenal yeah. competitor, good yeah. judo guy. Yeah. But he hurt his shoulder. And I supposed to fight a guy who I won three times before, was uh, Palhares. And mm. um, what happened, the sponsor was not happy because it was the last day event, and the media come to cover. And Halle said, we need to put a show. We need to put a show, we don't have a choice. And I end up uh, talking to Hickson, and Hickson in the beginning said, I'm not gonna fight here, he basically my student come to train for me twice a year for years. And he come to me and said, I'm not gonna fight Hickson. But the organization said, we need the fight. Because that's the only fight that's gonna be important for the sport. So not fighting for you, fighting for the sport. That's the moment you guys have to fight. And Hickson come to me um, and said, Hickson, we're gonna have to fight. They said, Hickson, I love you. my." Coachy, I would be my honor to go over there to, to raise your hand, but in case you ask me to fight, I will fight. I'm not going to look you as my cousin. And Hickson looked to me, okay, let's go. <laughs> let's go to a war. And I said, okay, let's go to a war. And that's what happened. That's why people like, because we come for war. Even beside he being my cousin and stuff, we realized, you know what? We got to fight. And... We gotta fight, let's fight. And it's funny because when you stab the ring, he wanna kill me, I wanna kill him. In that kind of fight, which I love it because uh, it's a kind of fight like he, nothing hold back. We didn't care about points. Mm. We care like, I will submit you. He, my goal was to throw his head on the ground. I wanna, I wanna, I, I brought the animal mm. who, who was good to have, and because that we come to war. But what um, what I learned that day through Hickson, Hickson is uh, is the most strategic fight. A lot of people don't know about that, but Hickson is the most strategic fight fighter I have opportunity to fight against because he realized in the beginning I'm gonna come like a bullet, and he. One thing Hickson is very strong is he survived that night. You come after him like I'm gonna submit, I'm gonna submit. He keep escaping, but he escaped, come after you. He don't let you breathe. And after a while I realized uh, he start winning inch by inch. Longer the fight I go, 
I realized by feeling the fight, it's, he got, that's what make it different from uh, at the time of fighting Hickson mm. uh, was the experience of uh, um, of a strategic who was missing a little bit in my game because at the time I fought him, I was I just turned eighteen mm. or seventeen, turned eighteen. Hicks was around 26. He was stronger. I still not massive. Come like a, I never feel like stronger like Hicks. I have the ability. I have the yeah. endurance. But uh, yeah, I learned so much that day to fight Hicks. It's amazing because uh, company is gonna restart again the events in Brazil. If they come, they wanna give me a war like. Uh, Company create this fight of the center, and they want to give one to Hicks and one for me mm. for that fight, because nice. that's one of the fights he, a lot of people talking about. Mm. Uh, the, oh, the fight between Higgin Hicks and the cousin, the coach, the student, two cousins. Uh, this mm. was a good buzz for for the history. For right, the right, sport. the history. Yeah, it was good. It's like it was a good experience. Even like uh, somebody asked, "Oh, you have opportunity to fight." Even like when they come bigger, stronger, better athlete, right. everything. Uh, people ask, "Do you have a chance to fight Hicks again?" With today conditions, you bigger and stronger, everything. I said, "No." I'm gonna tell why because Hicks, uh, for me, was not like just a fight as some athlete. Hicks for me was a mentor in Ohio who gave me what I need to mm. grow uh, on the sport. And for me, I said, uh, it's not going to uh, build me up more than what I am. You know what I mean? It's, I like to keep the the mentor alive in my mind. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. The admiration and respect for somebody who helped uh, so much in my history on mm -hmm. the jiu-jitsu. He used to teach me for years for free, never charged my dime. Yeah. He wake up six in the morning to teach me in Jean-Jacques. And today we're very close. We become very good friends. He's very close to my younger brother, Jean-Jacques. They always train and talk and stuff like that. Hickson, for me, is still a phenomenal library of uh, technology, history, details. And I have a lot of respect for Hickson for yeah. Reminds me of that. There was a, a documentary series on Michael Jordan. Yes. And Kobe Bryant had a piece in it, and yes. they tried to compare the greatest of all time. Yes. And Kobe Bryant's like, they tried to compare us, me and yes. Michael Jordan, but there would be no Kobe Bryant if there were if there wasn't Michael yes. Jordan. Yes. He shared with him. Yes. He showed yes. him some things. Yes. Yes. So I think uh, to have the opportunity to battle with Hickson in his best time for me was a good experience yeah. as an athlete. To go and fight at the time, the number one of the country, mm -hmm. and don't back up. Like, let's go to war. I think the reason I come success as an athlete, for some reason, I got addicted to that kind of feeling because I didn't care much about medals or titles. What I care, what Carlos and Hollis like me, even Carlos Grace like me. I want to go to war. I want to have to find the guy across the street, across the mat, look in my eye like, want to kill me, I want to kill him. We go to the mat, we go to war. In the pleasure of the victory after what I was addicted, you're only able to get the feeling by going to a real good war. Sometimes I go on the mat, I get somebody who you feel don't want to fight you. Mm. And you go over there, right, right. you beat him, and I couldn't get any pleasure. Says, okay, that's a, like a trainer that can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when you get the guys from Castro, the guys, Marcel Beringer, all these amazing, at the time, the best what they have at the time, oh, I love it. I said, man, let's go. Yeah. Let's go have fun. I got a little bit of taste of this era of Carlson Gracie. Like it seemed like he wanted to do everything he could do to smash uh, Carlos Gracie Jr. guys, you know, at the tournaments, and then the what? vice versa. Carlos Gracie Jr. like did dislike, uh, not disliked, right? But uh, it was a good rivalry. No, was a, was it a, brought out the best of everybody. Was yeah. a health rival. Brought out the best of of everybody. I think it, it was uh, the beginning was Carlos. No, was uh, the biggest rival was. 
Carson Grace against Ross Grace. After this, come uh, a rival between Carson against Carlos Grace Jr. and Hickson Grace uh, group. And little by little, start create like these guys from North Rio. Mm. They come out the idea to get like 200 small schools and create a team. Mm -hmm. And they create the new union. Novoniel, yeah. Yeah, these guys collect all the best guys from 200 academies and create the new union. It come a new big rival. Mm. Well, because it's not one school, it's right. 200 little schools. And they start select uh, the best guys. I remember having Andre Pernanese come on top guys from Cass. Used to be a student of Cass. They come on the top guys if you're another guy. They create this this stuff. After this was nice because uh, one day Hall student guy who I grew up training the same team was Jacare. He little by little create Alianza. Mm -hmm. Alianza uh, come uh, a big a big rival against Barra Grace and some of the other can. Before Alianza start break down a piece, create actors, create uh, Checkmate, create all these little right. things, which is is the nature, né? It's, uh, and it's kind of interesting to see uh, all the groups coming. You know what I mean? Now Atos to come a uh, piece of Alianza. Um, but it's very, it's very, the sport right now is is, uh, is amazing. The guys, they're phenomenal, huh? The athletes. It's, it's the level of athletes step up like five levels up. I think uh, you start compare uh, the, uh, the the level of the athletes. Uh, it's like the same level of the athletes of UFC. You see the guys training three, four trainers. Yeah. And, and super nutrition, super weight training, super this, super that. And have great performances. I think uh, the, I remember I was uh, watching um, when the world championship, I think I saw this picture. When the guys finished the fight, they, he <laughs> opened the screen. I forgot his name, but he opened uh, after winning the, the titles. Open, he was flexing, shredded. I look like a bodybuilder. So oh, that level is up because these athletes now are super athletes, you know. And to see how the rules change. From because at the time I used to compete it was points. Now I have points and vintage. Into wow. now yeah. the athletes get so super athletes they don't fight much to points. They fight for little vintage. I seen guys come a world champion two vintage, two this, to do that. You know what I mean? It's amazing to see the evolution of Abu Dhabi. Mm. Uh, to have a chance to see now uh, this evolution of no gi who create this balance uh, in Jiu-Jitsu, Jiu-Jitsu Gi, Jiu-Jitsu No Gi, and now create all these academy who plan in Hollywood only do No Gi. Right. Eddie for Bravo. me, yeah. Eddie Bravo, yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. How did you get into Sambo? You know, you did Sambo too. Uh, Sambo, uh, I have a friend from Australia who was teaching the garage. I was to teach in the garage with Royce and Hickson. Before they open UFC, they before they open here in the US, I see. Yeah, when they used to teach in the garage, have this Australian guy who owned a magazine in Australia called Blitz, and he was doing an article about Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. And one day, Horin uh, couldn't teach him, he asked me to teach him. When I was teaching him, he said, Here, you wanna, I wanna pay your tickets, I wanna sign you up to fight Sambo. And I jump on the plane and say, oh, let's go over there, let's compete. On the plane, he explained the rules. He, when I got over there, I ended up meeting everybody. In the finals, uh, this this guy touched my shoulder, looked back, was a judo guy. I think he won some world championship in Sambu. He uh, made me wrong trip. And he said, oh, you're going to fight me. I said, okay, let's fight. Let's go. Yeah, I think I beat him 40, 48 seconds or something like that. Yeah, armbar. Armbar. <laughs> and after this, he told me he fought Hickson. Mm. He won Hickson in Sambo. Okay. I couldn't believe it. I said, wow, I didn't know that. And he was, we become friends. 
he come to me, he paid my tickets to go to Europe to fight the World Championship, the World Cup. And I went to the World Cup. I submit everybody. When I got to the finals against the Russian, the referee kind of tricked me. I think he tricked me because he said to me, you bring the fight to the ground, you get disqualified automatically. Mm. The whole fight on the final had to be standing. Was not true. <laughs> yeah. And I realized, oh shit, I go to the fight, I'm gonna try to throw the guy, I don't have a choice. And I played the judo game. Mm. And the guy ended up winning by vantage, the Russian guy and stuff. And for me, uh, it was a silver medalist. After this, I went to fight the World Games. And that bronze, after this, I fought the World Cup again. But the, the third time I fought, I won. I submit everybody. I won the gold medal and stuff. But after this, I quit because I have opportunity. Jiu-Jitsu start coming back mm -hmm. to America. And that's when I went back to fight the Pan America a couple of times and stuff like that. And the Joe, Joe Moreira tournaments, right? He was a... Is it the first I one? I fought one time the uh, one guy, uh, uh, Leo Dalla, mm. won the events. A few other guys, I think. But Leo Dalla was, what a character. I got him every submission. You couldn't get him. He hold his arm. I said, man, what a, what an athlete. I got respect for him because mm. you fought the guy. The guy resist. Yeah. And survive all your attacks. Didn't give up. Yeah. But um, it was a good time for Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, that phase of beginning of Jiu-Jitsu. I remember you. I remember you went to Brazil. You were a blue belt. You went to train Barra Grace, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Rico Rodriguez was there. Rico Rodriguez. Uh, he was headlocking everybody and tapping them out. <laughs> Rico Rodriguez was a carrot. Like, what a carrot. I met Rico Rodriguez. Uh, a go gym, he weighed 340 pounds. Yeah. Was this big wrestler, high school wrestler. And he came to the academy. He, I put him to training for one of my students, Fernando Vasconcelos, mm. who was one of my top students. Yeah, I remember him. World champion. Yeah. Vasconcelos, <laughs> joking, he, he passed out on top of him. Was the, Fernando. Hey, he can take him. He's passed out. He, I can't breathe. Take him out of me. <laughs> and pull. He after, had over 300 pounds on top of you. He, he said, man, this guy's too big. He sounded like he, he started training. After three months, my brother said, Paul, let's go to Brazil. We're going to put you to compete. Just do your wrestling throw. You get the guy in the headlock. Yeah. He only knew how to do that. Three months. Yeah. And we gave him, Jean-Jacques gave him a blue belt. He went to Brazil. He won. Everybody <laughs> in heavyweight. In he won the, the absolute blue belt, yeah. Yeah, right. he was he was so happy. After this was amazing because he started training, he went to Abu Dhabi and he beat everybody. He ended up even getting uh, one of the Minotaur brothers on the leg lock. Uh he had Which brother? Minotaur. Minotaur, yeah, Minotaur brothers. I don't yeah. know was Minotaur or his brother, which one he fought he got either, under either the, one, right? <laughs> but he ended up submitting in Abu yeah. Dhabi and stuff like that. After this he he started Training Makur, they start get ready, start fighting for UFC. Mm. He ended up winning the title against uh, Ren Katrua. Right. And he beat Ren Katrua and got the title as a heavyweight. After this, he lost the title. Rick Rodriguez was a special guy. Yeah. He won wow. World Championships, he won wow. Dhabi, he won UFC. Seems like in, in, in one year almost, you know, it seemed like. I a think Rick Rodriguez, uh, he, he uh, I think the problem for Rick Rodriguez, he loved to have a great time. He sometimes trained very hard, party very hard. Yeah. That kind of, you can mix these two, yeah. you know what I mean? Or you choose to, to be an athlete or to have yeah. a great time. I remember him, like, he won the Blue Belt Worlds, and then he, I think he won the Purple, and then they started to, uh, uh, you know, like, polit politics in the tournaments, kind of, you know, he went against Tedere, you know, and, and whatever they could do to make sure, he was a big guy, so it was kind of against jiu-jitsu, right? Man, I remember and, one fight he did in Abu Dhabi, oh my God, he fought Marcel Garcia. He I, I, I remember that, yeah, 2007, yeah? 
Yeah. I remember Beast. Marcelo Garcia got his back. I thought Marcelo Garcia hurt, almost got knocked out. He right. jumped. Right, remember that. Uh, uh, Marcelo Garcia got his back. He stand up. He jumped, threw all his eight on top of Marcelo Garcia. My, he, the prince got so mad. I almost qualified and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but uh, Rick Rodriguez was a yeah, good phenomenal. Yeah, phenomenal. He was a great guy. Phenom. To win the, the worlds, I mean, even if, because he didn't do it at Black Belt, but, you know, I mean, he, he probably would have if they would have let him, you know, just because of the way he was doing it. ADCC, which is, you know, the, I mean, it was the Olympics, right, of grappling. Yes. And then the UFC title. The beginning of C, the ADCC changed a lot because uh, the idea of the, the Prince was to have a mix of grappling. You want to bring all different kind of style of grappling. But you realize today 99% of the guys, all jiu-jitsu guys, right. come like a Abu Dhabi is not more about sambo against jiu-jitsu, this and that. It's more about grappling, jiu-jitsu guy. You don't see uh, all the styles mm. try step on the Abu Dhabi like in the beginning. Right. Like same like at the beginning of UFC, uh, you see all these mix, horse fight, eight guys one night, and, uh, four fights one night to be a champion. And today you see all the guys specific, like sharp fighter, know right. everything. And that's the same happy to grappling in Abu Dhabi. It's like well-rounded. Yeah, everybody is a, is a grappler, is a jiu-jitsu guy. Have takedowns, have yeah. this, have that, top, yeah. bottom. Yeah, the evolution is amazing. Yeah. I was going to ask you a question about um, uh, what you think about the gi, you know, like, because you mentioned, like, the – ADCC, a lot of most of the guys they come from a gi background, and your opinion on training with the gi and, and without uh, the gi. I, I'm gonna tell exactly what Horace Grace told me. When do we train in Brazil? We think he used to explain the translation of jiu-jitsu in Brazil is the same grappling here, like Horace explained. I'm a jiu-jitsu guy. You put me to fight jiu-jitsu sport rules, I will fight jiu-jitsu sport rules. You put me to fight MMA, I'm gonna adapt my grappling for the MMA. You put me to take my gi, I fight my grappling, my jiu-jitsu in the grappling event. He just tried to generate to be a, a grappler who can play the different rules in different styles. He, I think he, uh, it's very interesting because uh, uh, today when they teach, I like to teach the no gi more. Mm, but uh, I still, 70% uh, uh, of my students want to learn from the gi. And basically, like, uh, I keep the gi alive and very passionate. But uh, my passion today uh, I love no gi uh, a lot. You know what I mean? In case I have a chance to go back in time, I think uh, I wish I have more in my history, more no gi competition at the beginning of my history because I, f I love no gi. Yeah. I love it. I think the wrestling mix, the takedowns, the different ways you're more free to play, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think the gi gives you so much tools like. Uh, spider guard game put like and now this all this lapel hold yeah. the legs the yeah. warm guard all these little things is is amazing it's amazing but like as a teacher i have to keep learning both both yeah i'm consistent learning it's funny because i was in i think it was in new zealand in the middle of the seminar one guy came Say, Paul, Master Higgins, show me some bedding bowler techniques. I look, what did you say? A bedding bowler. I said, what the fuck is bedding bowler? I don't know that shit. You know what I mean? If for yeah. me, I got upset, yeah, I have to come back and say, Jean-Jacques, what do you know about this bedding bowler techniques? Jean-Jacques, come here, show you some the things I learned, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. yeah. He's talking about the main, the brothers, main, the two brothers. brothers. Yeah. 
Yeah. E basic start adapt. Like same like uh, John Danaher from mm-hmm. Hanzo who training all his students all this loop in jiu-jitsu, this whole jiu-jitsu who was created uh, to the rules of BJJF not mm-hmm. allowed to do right. uh, heel hooks and, and a lot of the academies don't even teach heel right. hooks or attack and when the Abu Dhabi start growing the no gear competition the bravification all that the the leg lock come a, a weakness right. that's what happened when the, a lot of this new generation the new jiu-jitsu guys fought a Dhabi surprised a lot of the other jiu-jitsu guys because they not used to say what the hell these guys go straight I want to pass my guy he want to attack my leg and go the Ryan some of the 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 other competitors uh, start winning some of the best jiu-jitsu guys by using this kind of the game who I believe it was a big hole mm. on the because the rules right. of the sport jiu-jitsu right. I think um, it's kind of interesting because I have to really learn and educate myself to explain to my students you have to play the guard against somebody who do leg locks have to change all these changes I think is very important because it's the evolution you want to keep yourself updated to teaching yeah. this and that you have to be a consistent humble student yeah. you know what I mean I don't believe and never know enough. I think I always have the new generation who come with good techniques or good method of training, new dreams. Said, so, man, I'm I'm open to learn. You know. You, you mentioned Barambolo, and I remember I learned a Barambolo counter technique from from I think it was from you or one of your students. You know, uh, Barambolo to lock the leg in. Really nice technique. Yeah, and, uh, it's, it's funny because uh, <laughs> it's a chess game, right? Know, the chess right. game of jujitsu. What keep me alive? You know what I mean. I love it. I love to uh, to sit down with some of my students and play around. They say, "Show me this, show me that." You know? Always have some guys who explain something new I don't even know. That for me is amazing. Yeah. yeah. You you said you you wish you would have done more uh, no gi yeah. tournaments. I think they probably didn't have those tournaments no. right in your day. No. One of my biggest passion was wrestling. Mm. Uh, in Brazil, I never have. The opportunity. I trained judo. I trained judo for for a point. I try out for the Olympic team one time. I did all kinds of little things, but um, the no gi wrestling. When they start to have opportunity, I start training. I fall in love right away. I training first in some people in high school, college, have chance to train in some of the Olympic centers. And to training camps with some of the best guys in uh, in this in wrestling, I start to see a complete different world, in which I start falling in love, and I start like, man, I love this. And to have chance to bring this to no gi, uh, jiu-jitsu, oh, I love it. You know, I mean, suppose let's bring the wrestling, the jiu-jitsu is gonna be awesome, and it's kind of amazing because when you're training for real good wrestlers. I remember the balance was fantastic. Even I try do some sweeps on the guy, the guy. Their athleticism, huh? Yeah, the ability in the balance. Because in the game, they put the back on the ground, they, they lose, lose points. In basic, uh, said, I want my students to get this balance. I want to adopt some of these wrestling ideas to training some of the, the athletes I have. And it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. You know, gi, no gi, and then MMA. Did you ever think about doing I, MMA? I did some valitude in the oh, past. You did. I did maybe 16 fights. And I did amateur boxing uh, when I was uh, younger. But come to a point, it's too many stuff. I remember the amateur box. I trained with two guys. I trained with a guy from Argentina who I loved. And this guy was more like, you punch me once, I punch you twice. You know what I mean? He's kind. Every time somebody comes to punch mm. you, kind of punch him two times. Yeah. You know what I mean? He, that was basically his style of uh, teaching. After this, I get another guy who I love. He was, was more technician, more like a strategic box mm. fighter, which uh, was a Brazilian guy who, who 
used to be a phenomenal fighter, a good coach. And I start having this opportunity to train with these guys and practice. The, I love boxing. I think box for me is another passion. Yeah. I wish on the past uh, I have more opportunity to, to, to do it. The MMA at the time, the valitude was not too much my passion. I I didn't like the beginning of MMA, the, uh, the valitude I did. I really punched somebody on the face and no gloves. And I fought sometimes some guys on the cement and finished the fight, blood everywhere. Yeah. These in the beginning was not like what is today. Gloves, like right. sp- today is more like a sport MMA. Right. At that time, it's a street fight. Yeah. Which he, you put a speed. Headbutts. Like, I mean, I think the only thing maybe is not allowed is to bite or grab the balls or something like that. But the rest was allowed to do it. But this kind of fight I fought at the time because I want to get more experience to, to know what a real fight is about. I, I didn't have enough fights on the street understand what a street fight is he, for me when they fought some devalitude like is a lot of times in closed doors was more like uh, uh, I want to feel what it is to get punched on the face to punch somebody yeah. on the face you know what I mean Carlos Gracie Jr. wasn't he didn't like support that the fighting things right the Valitudo things um, he in the beginning maybe he not but after a while, he... I saw him at Hanzo's I, fight, yeah. the, the 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 big international fight that he did, the three fights in one night. Yes. Yeah. I forgot the name of the event, but... Yeah, I don't remember yet. I was trying to... Uh, I was just curious, who who helped you for your Valtudo fights? Who helped you prepare? How did you... Trolling know? Grace. Uh, Trolling okay. Grace for me was the... Uh, the main guy for... My, my street fighter coach. All his... Was, was Hanzo around at, the, at those times? No, Hanzo was uh, younger. Ah, okay. When there was black belt, Hanzo was a, at the time blue belt. I was a little bit uh, more advanced than Hanzo in the beginning. Mm. Yeah, I love Hanzo growing up. Hanzo have this leadership. Yeah, yeah. He was a very interesting character growing up. He never back up from fight. I never seen him not back up a fight. I see him fight guys twice his side and didn't give a shit. Yeah. Have the not just him, but I saw half uh I saw higher. Higher Grace was a very interesting character. For me I think he have the wise ability to fight on the street who I don't have at all. You know what I mean? I think like uh, the street to put him in the street to fight, I think it would be more like focus. Oh, I'm going to take you down and try to choke. Not like, like the street has changed the strategic a lot. There's not much rules. And to get guys who is very wise on the street and yeah, fight, was something I learned a lot actually from Hanzo. I learned a lot for some my cousins who have more experience. But uh, after a while, I started learning how to be a little bit more, a little bit wise and defend myself on the street. I remember have fights. I have all my cousins. I have Hoyce, Hoyle, mm. Helium, Hanzo, my brothers. It's like very interesting. Like the grow up of grow up together, we have a lot of street fights. Yeah, <laughs> like, it was very unique. I seen my little brothers fight. John uh, was was very unique to see to grow up to see all these brothers real fight. It's kind of cool to see like my younger brother choke somebody. Say, yeah. oh shit! Yeah, my little boy is is doing good. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's so crazy, you know, that it started from he's just fighting neighborhood, right, to all over the world now. Yeah, it's amazing to see the evolution. I remember uh, the beginning, I would sit on the table with people talking about to create the UFC. That was a fantastic time. I think the key guy... What, what year did you come to the to U.S.? 
1989 or something. 89, that yeah. early. Okay. Or 1990. I was always wondering why you, you, I didn't see you at the Worlds, you know, in those early days, you know? No, the, the problem, the World Championship in the beginning, the first three or four events, uh, I went through a difficult time for the paperwork. The visa, right? The visa. Yeah. And that's when Carlos said, no, I bring the fighters to you. The first year he brought a couple guys. The next year went to Hawaii, fought other guys. Right. After this, uh, I start slow down. I, I, my brother, Jacques Stein, the younger, start going more competition, mm -hmm. come success in Abu Dhabi. But um, have a time you start slow down. It's not like, same like Hicks or myself, we fought for so many years, come to a point like, okay, let's focus on what? Coaching, you know what I mean? Hicks, we did some fights in MMA, but after this, uh, when you get close to your 40s, I said, man, what's next? You know what I mean? It's time for the new generation. It's like uh, the new generation, 20 years younger, fighting. Uh, Train six hours a day. I, don't, I can't do that anymore. I mean, when you get to a 40, you want to train less and less. That's the problem. Uh, the competition is the easy part, but the time you want to put on the mat is like, the Horace Grace used to tell him that your thing is going to make you a champ, hours on the mat and hours in competition. You do that, you'll be okay. But I mean, I'm sure too, like when I think about you, like you're at the top of the, the food chain, you know, like how do you keep motivated to want to keep... Proving, you know, that, yes, you know, yes. you can't lose motivation no, from that I aspect. Think, I think after a while, you start try to do different challenges. Mm -hmm. um, you start, like, create, like, different opportunities. Right, you know? right. And I think uh, it was interesting because I start little by little try to find, uh, like, different ways to challenge myself. And um, I'm I'm I feel very lucky you know, for this career from Brazil to come to United States to all these opportunities to being over a hundred countries. Um, yeah, you have film, books. You have like you were doing seminars all over the world, I like students that. of yours. I did over seven hundred seminars. Seven hundred seminars. Seven hundred in over a hundred countries. In a, over a hundred countries. Over thirty-five years doing. 35 years. to 36 years doing seminars, book, teaching, teaching. It's like, uh, example, only in Australia, I've been 26 times. Amazing. It's like amazing. amazing. The only reason I didn't go to Australia this year because the corona. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, you go every year, pretty much. I used to go, I do an event over there. It's called, uh, one of my black belts, called Will Machado. Mm. Basically, like, uh, we start 300 athletes, now we have over 1,000 athletes, just Australia. Yeah. yeah. We have a couple hundred black belts there, which I do the same now for the black belts. After this, for the athletes and for the beginners. Basically, like, I'm like three or 400 people for the seminars, uh, for the three or four days. Once a while, we do camps, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Camps go. Australia go crazy. Uh, I did the same thing. Uh, South Korea was pretty successful. I have the first black belt in South Korea. Every time I go over there, I have a couple hundred black belts, thousands of guys. You do once a year, uh, Machado, something, and have over a thousand competitors competing. It's kind of nice to see the, the evolution uh, from the first time you come on have Brazil, is right, right. USA, now we yeah, because like I know some of your students, yeah, they're your direct students. You know, like I'm uh, Brian Johnson Brian uh, from Johnson, Washington yes, State, yes. but there's some really good black belts that uh, people maybe maybe they don't use the Machado name, but they're yes. students of of yours or that yeah. that lineage, and they beat top top yeah. Brazilian guys. You know. Yes. Legendary guys. Uh, we have guys like Ed Bravo, who was a student right. of Jean Jacques. Um, he beat Hoyle in Abu Dhabi. Was shocked. I said, well, Joe Hogan was next to me. And Joe Hogan looked at me like, What the hell happened? Yeah, <laughs> Joe Hogan looked at What the hell happened? And I look at Joe, I mean, Joe Hogan said, Man, he's flexible. I don't know. 
because uh, it's funny because before the fight, I was Jean Jacques was not there. Jean Jacques uh, keep the eye on my student at Bravo. And I said, sure. I said, that Bravo, you need any help? And he said, I said, no, just come on the corner. Mm. Yeah, I came with Joe Hogan. Joe Hogan, and he came on the corner. And uh, I remember Hoyler came to me, what's up with your student? Something like that. Mm. He's trying to get information. Yes, uh, I don't know much because it's not my student. Jean Jacques' student most. He trained most Jean Jacques. He said, "Okay, good." Yeah, I don't think he looked at Bravo. He underestimated him. He take him serious. Mm -hmm. he was worried more about Leo Vieira right. or some of the other guys. He said it's gonna it's gonna be more like a right. war for right. him. But he won like four Abu Dhabi straight. Yeah, People yeah. Don't know. He was undefeated. He was, undefeated. He was one the, the king th of featherweight, when the gi and no gi, the best in the world. Hoyle uh, over there. But what happened to Eddie Bravo, people don't realize, he's so flexible. So flexible. He, he liked this robber guard, which he, I think the pioneer was Nino. Mm, yeah, yeah, Nino yeah. Nino was the pioneer. Eddie Bravo was so flexible. I remember. He wrapped the arm and he started doing his rubber guard. And Hoyler, super flex, Hoyler, most of the time, sometimes the guys almost get him, but because he's super flex, he escaped. But that day at the Bravo was ash more, I believe the flexibility of the Bravo was even bigger than Hoyler. It was not the. I think he got surprised because when he get caught, it was so tight. It was the first time I see Hoyler tap it for a lightweight. Yeah, I never seen him. Yeah, for sure. I seen he tap for bigger guys. Yeah, Morris Barrier, but never for lightweight. Yeah, yeah his, his weight. Exactly. Yeah, he was yeah. untouchable. And what's crazy about Eddie Bravo too is I've, I've known him since he was blue belt. Also, is that he was like a hobby guy, right? M music and. But he loved loved jujitsu. Yeah, of course, hobby. But he did it every yes, day. Yes. He was he was the, immersed, you know. Bravo. But he started later in life. He wasn't like, a, like Bravo, a kid growing up. I remember up when it. I met him. He always very nice. Yeah, always yeah, for talk. sure. He always with Joe Hogan, even when he was beginning jujitsu. And best friends, like two dudes, like hang out all the time. But Eddie Bravo, he always stay extra time at the academy. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah, I yeah. give him the credit because yeah. he trained. He always come out with some crazy right. techniques. Right. What do you think about? And these? he would share with everybody too. And I look. I said, like, I said, Bravo. I remember one time he asked. I think he was a blue belt. What do you think about this tech? I said, Bravo. My philosophy is like this: You go to the competition, you're able to do it. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know, man. Like, it looked too crazy for me, but he went to the competition. He did. And he did it. And he submitted like three fights and said, bravo, this technique is good. Was the twister or something. Right, 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 right. He submitted the three guys, three tough guys. He said, man, this Ed Bravo is unique. And Jean-Jacques said, he, he's unique. He's like every... Hundred students have maybe one Ed Bravo. Ed Bravo was the very unique guy who do a lot of different stuff. He the rubber guard. He capitalized well for his flexibility, and he was very interested how well he how well he discover a loop on the jiu-jitsu game. And the loop of the rubber guard gave him an extra leverage a lot against some of the jiu-jitsu guys because a lot of guys didn't expect somebody flexible to come and put the foot, the omoplata. I mean, did that come unbelievable, in his trademark? Yeah. Unbelievable that he, what he did with uh, with Harley Gracie. You can't take that away but then from him. He created the technique electric chair. I was right. watching Hoyler. Fought him. He stretched hard because Hoyler is a super flexible. I saw that. The second time you're talking about? The second time. The second time. <laughs> I look like a Hoyler. I mean, man, the, how the, the first one, okay. The flexibility for Hoyler was yeah, yeah. unbelievable. 
but the first one, right? You're like, oh, it's a, it's a not the fluke, but the fact that you know you would think that Holy would bring, he would respect him the second time. I but think, agree, agree. I think Hoyle is a warrior, but I think Hoyle is more Hoyle been fighting. For yeah, you know, for sure, for sure. I think Hoyle did the right thing. Say, man, it's time. Yeah, you know what I mean. Less than usual. I think Hoyle was. 10 years or 15 years. No, for sure. Older, Top of the food chain. Top no, older than you. Right, 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 right. Um, but that Brav was a very unique guy. I think he, what he created by creating his event at Brav Invitation to mm. create the planet. 10th planet, uh, yeah. 10th planet, I think was very unique, something new, fresh. And I see a lot of these. Good for jiu-jitsu. Yeah, this is good for the sport. Yeah. It's good to have an uh, America guy with uh, different ideas to bring because it gives a variety for for people to learn. Right. right. The right. bottom line, everything comes from this. It's the same thing uh, in some way. But it's good to have different ideas, mm -hmm. different open people open mind, mind yeah. you know what I mean, who come out with something fresh. Uh, that's why uh, the guys over there in New York, the John Denehue, came a big fan of him because he's unique. He's remind me of the Brav in some way. He's this guy who come out with a different vision mm -hmm. of how he's going to train a lot of his fighters. And he manufactured these fighters. Mm -hmm. And these fighters start delivering. And that that is amazing. Uh, I'm, I'm super happy to have guys like that who keep open people's mind to learn. Uh, for me, uh, that's why I love jujitsu because I say, man, keep learning. Never stops, keep, right? Yeah, never always, stop. always open-minded, always learning. Yes. Yeah. Um, how did your whole, like, training celebrities, you train Keanu Reeves, Sam get belted. Uh, how did how did that whole? I mean, there was uh, Chuck Norris. I remember yes, old yes. seeing old pictures. Can I tell one thing? I never like Hollywood. I think um, what happened to me in the industry. Uh, I met Chuck Norris and I met Steve Seagal and I mm. met a lot of these guys. I started doing some things here and there, but it was not my my cup of tea. Mm. But when they opened school in Beverly Hills. I have my first student was Ashen Kutcher. And little by little, one celebrity after celebrity after celebrity. And little by little, end up working Fast and Furious, end up working with John Wick, with 87 level. I start little by little getting involved in this world. I start bringing jiu-jitsu to do a collaboration, more like an advisor. For my device, I said, let me see what I can do. I become a fight choreographer. Mm. From fight choreographer, now I become a stunt coordinator. Now I said, boy, I'm a stunt coordinator. Let's try see the next step. Who's second unit director? Maybe you never know, be a director for action film. But right now, I direct two films. Don't direct two films. Uh, stunt coordinator, two films, who come really good. One was a wrestling film. And the, the wrestling, other... A wrestling yeah, um, for high school, okay. high school kids in 1984. Nice. It was an amazing story. And the other one was a kind of horror film mm. for teenagers. And both I was the, the main guy to do all the action. Mm. And the kids, the what I love the wrestling, what the directing, the production love, they come to me, for this move, I ask, who, what the, when this, this happened. It was a true story. Oh, in 1984. I got three instructors in wrestling in 1984. Mm. And I came to them, what kind of techniques used to teach at the time, and how I ended up doing the complete study about every technique, how the guys coach the techniques, mm. everything. In base, when I get the lead act, it was a guy uh, who, who was in Breaking Bad, yeah. TJ Miller. I said to you have to learn some Western. But in real life, he have little bell pals. But the story is about a kid who have bell pals become a state champion. You know, Bell's palsy. Mm -hmm. The bell, a bell's palsy. He basically, like in real life, he have the bell pals a little bit. 
and to find the right techniques for he able to do it to make him look like Wesley was a challenge. Mm. And basically, training all the other actors, I brought 20 high schools uh, to educate them what kind of techniques allowed in 1984. I have to do do that. The other training I did, uh, uh, the main coach, mm. this actor, never wrestled before. You have to he, to teach him how to act like a coach and explain nice. to him the name of the techniques. And the move come very success. Nice. These, from this move, I start getting more offers to other shows. And this other group I work was uh, come ver- the move, the action come very success. And basically, little by little, I start try learning. Mm. You understand how to put an action film together all the way from create the fight scenes mm. to how to to hire the right stunts to do the fight scenes to the have right stunt met stunt people right? stunt people is very important mm. doubles the stunts mm. to have a crew to be sure everything's mm. safe and the wire work is fantastic when you understand how to work if you wire the fx the green screen all this little thing understand how to connect the guys who do explosion car nice. chase everything all these little things is uh things you you're learning mm. in a way to because to do a, a, to be a stand coordinator you have to understand how to put a good action mm. how to film the action how to edit and put the sound the action all these little things is the basic understand you have to to have to understand how to create the little action and it's almost like the more you do better you're gonna get yeah i mean motivated because they too have offers to do a few more mm. and right now my next nice. movie is called america sicario basing a true story about um uh lababi who was a hitman for the sicario killed thousand people mm. a year and um, i'm gonna do all the nice action uh basically the lead actor is uh this big Mexican guy, I want to make it simple, brutal, very bloody. And um, I'm excited to do this one. We're gonna it's a do this continuation, one. A continuation of uh, your jiu-jitsu. Just an, another another way, another levels, right? No, with the, I think, with the, I think he, well, because of yes. moving the body and then how, how does it look with the cameras? Yes. It stimulates your, your mind. Guys like it, the biggest company, the guys uh, who do, was in uh, Fast and Furious, Jeff mm. Amada, he was uh, my student, actually. Mm. Training for me all the way for Papa Bell, he Daniel Osana. Jeff uh, Amada, he was a, a fighter, right? Jeff Amada, he specialized in knives. And I, okay, never mind. Another but guy. he is the best one to, he know how to put the team together mm-hmm. to put the action what he need for. And uh, he's amazing. I learned so much from him. But I think the number one company, the guys who did John Wick, is a company called 8711. I believe that. Some of the best guys in the business. 8711, oh, yeah. That guy's amazing. It's, uh, two stunt guys who now both directors, Dave, uh, uh, Chad and Dave, was the guys in the beginning doing little double mm. of Keanu Reeves and this and that. They did a, uh, a double of Brenda Lee when he died. One mm. of the guys was his double. Was the same director of uh, John Wick, a guy named Chad. And um, for me, it's, it's just see have fun see how far i can push yeah 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 maybe you know what i mean i lose motivation i quit but maybe i can one day can come a good directing action yeah film. for sure it's a challenge it reminded me of uh i mean i don't know what year it was but uh you and your brothers you did uh is it bad boys from brazil <laughs> it was, it was bad boys from brazil i think it's the worst movie <laughs> You want to on YouTube? See, I think it's uh, YouTube for free. Because <laughs> you don't need to buy this movie. It's for free. It was like in the 90s, right? Some, sometime like that. Man, that movie was so bad. So bad. But it was so fun to do. A young, young Higgin Machado and Machado Brothers. The fight scenes don't make no sense. <laughs> the story don't make no sense. It was so funny. Oh, my God. That's, I, have yeah. to, I have to try to find it because it's a... It's but a memory was, I remember was, seeing. was something funny at the time. Was, I couldn't stop laughing. How funny. Was the, the dad, the bodybuilder. What's his name? His son's name. So he had two sons. Uh, Gabriel. Uh, uh, Gabriel. Uh, Gabriel Vela. Vela, yeah. Thiago Vela. Thiago Vela, yeah. Thiago Vela, I think he was a, 
Abu Dhabi teaching. Mm. Now he's back in Brazil, and the other one I think back back and forth Brazil and uh, São Paulo or something like that. Mm. Good kids. Yeah, yeah. Was yeah, a yeah. student of a higher, higher high right, right. But he was that their dad was in the movie too. I remember. Yeah, his father was a huge bodybuilder, yeah. very successful bodybuilder in the past. Is uh, Luis de Freitas. Yeah. Nice guy. Brazilian, right? Was m Brazilian, but he's... H half American or something? Yeah, he grew up here. Here, yeah. Yeah, I remember he born in Brazil, but been living here for 40 something yeah. years. Yeah, and amazing. Good guy. From Brazil, you know, from the, the neighborhood in Brazil, asthma, went to the top of jiu-jitsu, taught all over the world, uh, of course competed all around the world. Uh, uh, doing movies, working in movies. Uh, what's 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 the legacy when you think like what do you want to be remembered for? I think it's not to. I think the key for the Machados, we come with a philosophy. We come to this mm. culture. We create a culture. Say, hey, the only way we keep together as a brother is leave the ego outside. Mm. Leave the ego outside the door. And when do we train or we help and, and motivate each other, whatever we do, support each other. This kind of culture between my brothers to learn how to push the ego outside. And we come number one as a human being, brothers. We have been this relationship alive. We never have any conflict or any problem or anything like that. Anything sometimes uh, happened to me yeah, I need any support, all force. I'm here to support you. What do you need? You know what I mean? And this is kind of something I tell people, like, don't let your ego interfere your life. Don't let greedy interfere your life. Because a lot of times problems you have, a lot of people, even my family, mm. is ego, sometimes greedy, create separation. Mm. And I think we have a chance to push all this on the side. We be everybody together, hundred percent. It be ten times better for family, ten times better for the sport, for the students. You know what I mean? But sometimes life creates separation, cause ego. Sometimes greedy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Envy. Every, yeah. Base. Um, that's base. What I tell people: don't let this affect you. Try keep focused to be humble. Try keep move. Wake up every day, moving forward, not moving back, or not get stuck with your life. Whatever you do, do with passion. It's not for the money. Mm. Do with passion, guarantee. Like I tell people, love Jiu-Jitsu, Jiu-Jitsu is going to love you back. You love life, life is going to love you back. Everything you put your heart, you're going to have good results. That's the end. Thank you. Yeah, awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for your it's time. Pleasure, you know, pleasure. Uh, hopefully they have the Jiu Jitsu World League uh, events again yes. when we come back from the COVID times. <laughs> yes, oh, my so. God. And yeah, uh, so. always such an amazing time, such a legend, you know, for me. And I thank you, you, know, thank you. you and your brothers. Pleasure. Let me know when it's coming out. Yeah, uh, I will. I'll be the first one to watch. Great. Thank nice you. Nice to be here, my brother. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Nice.